kind of, we feel lost a little bit because we're so used to being right in the middle of everything, and today we're not. So we hardly know what's going on, to be honest with you. And uh, we are uh, just kind of feeling out of sorts, but it's okay. It's okay to feel that way once a, once a year, every once in a while. But I want to say just, just how good it is uh, to be appreciated. Amen. And I thank you for taking the time to honor us today. I thank you for taking the time to uh, just even think that this, you know, this needs to happen. This is, this is not something that happens at every church. Some churches, they go overboard and uh, they, they just do stuff all the time. Other churches, they never do anything at all. And our church has found the perfect medium, <laughs> amen, to remember and to appreciate the ministry that God has placed in their life. And I am so privileged today, amen, my wife and I, we, we have been privileged to, to pastor here now uh, since our oldest daughter was born. And uh, just it's, it's just incredible what God has done and what God continues to do. And we just want to remain faithful to Him. Amen. That's our goal. And uh, I believe that if we'll remain faithful to God, He will take care of everything that we need. Amen. And today we have a special treat because, like I said, I'm, I don't know what's going on other than I did get to pick who was going to preach today. And uh, so it was, it was not really hard. Me and Kathy talked about it for about 30 seconds. And uh, we just decided... Sister Angie used to come here a lot. It's changed a little bit since you were here the last time, right? And uh, so she used to come here before many of you came here. And when we didn't have hardly any music at all, do you remember that? And we would come, and I was like, come on, we need to do this song. And she'd be like, that's really complicated. And, uh, right, you remember that? I was like, we, we want to do this Fred Hammond song. She's like, um, you know... I'm not trying to say anything, but uh, so she would work with us, and she was such a blessing, and we have been good friends for years, and then uh, into her life comes this, this great man of God, and uh, we have literally, and I don't say this, uh, I know that you're going to think I'm just going on, but we literally have gotten to minister all over the world together, and the scripture says uh, that you should know those which labor among you. And I'm thankful that uh, these people that we have here today, they're the real deal. Uh, they're, not, uh, they're not just preaching. They're not just singing. Um, Sister Angie, your, your post popped up or your picture popped up the other day when we were in Costa Rica. And she's, she's literally drenched with sweat. We're standing outside of the, the Desemperados church. And she's like, the sweat, though. Uh, you know, not everybody will go and pour out their hearts and pour out their, their physical energy. Uh, we've been in the trenches with these people, and uh, I just want you to know they're good people, and uh, we love David and Angie Pearson and their kids, and we're glad that you're with us today. Uh, we feel appreciated, and, and we feel even more special that you are here, that you took this Sunday away from your church to be with us, and uh, I know that's a big sacrifice because I'm a pastor too, so thank you so much for being with us today, and we want you to come, whatever y'all want to do, uh, and, and we want you to minister to us today. Everybody say, God bless the Pearsons. Oh, come on, why don't you give your man a God? Why don't you stand to your feet and thank the Lord today that you got a man of God in your life who will teach and preach to you what needs to be said. We thank you, Jesus. 
We thank you, Lord, for the men that you place in our life, the people you place in our life. Ah, to speak over us and to speak to us the Word of God and the truth found in your Word. Oh, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for those who will labor, for those who will work. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. Brother, it is an honor for us to be here. And uh, I, don't, I don't take it lightly. Um, you know, some people will say, uh, you know, growing up, aspiring to be, get in the ministry. It's moments like this that you, that you feel like that you, uh, that you, you want to um, uh, be a part of. But you don't realize the weight of, of what, re- what it's required of you when you stand behind this desk and you deliver the word of the Lord. It's a, it's a, it's a humbling experience to know that the Lord has, has his hand on you. And he has chosen you to be the mouthpiece for a group of people that he calls his own. And, uh, and so we honor you today. In your 18 years of faithfulness, your 18 years of fighting in the trenches, 18 years of sacrifice, 18 years of giving when you feel like you don't have anything to pour out, 18 years of fighting devils, fighting spirits, witnessing, praying that God would use you, praying that God would open up doors for you, praying that God would send you the right, the, right, uh, the right labors for the harvest, praying that God will send you people who would be willing to weep between the porch and the altar, people that you can rub shoulders with and, and strengthen, iron, sharpen, people that you want in your life to lead you into the next place. 18 years of worshiping, a faithful God. And we commend you today for your faithfulness, for sticking it out, for standing. When there's people in our generation that are folding, walking away from truth, are you thankful that there's a, that there's a voice of truth in Radcliffe, Kentucky? You can go anywhere in the world, but you can't always find an apostolic church. But when you got one, you got a blessing. When you got a man of God that will stand behind the pulpit and deliver the truth found in God's word, you got a blessing in your life. Yes. Come on, I wish somebody would. I want you to look at your neighbor and prophesy over right now. You're about to get a breakthrough right now. You know why? Because the favor of the Lord is on your life. Why don't you speak life right now? Why don't you speak healing? Why don't you speak delivery? Why don't you speak a, a, a breakthrough in the name of the Lord Jesus? Come on, he said, in the last days I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Do we have any sons and daughters in the place? Why don't you prophesy? Because the favor of the Lord is on you. Yes. Yes. Yes, we worship you, Lord. Come on, it's the last days, saints. God has placed you right here, right now for such a time as this. Because He desires to do great things in your life. He desires to use each and every one of you. Amen. 
I'll just go ahead and apologize right away. I get a little excited. But when you've been where I've been, and you walked away from what I walked away from, when you come back, there's nothing more that you want than being in the presence of God. I just want to be a servant in the house of my God. But he's got something more for you. He said, I'm going to take that, that mentality away from and I'm going to make you a son and a daughter. Thank the Lord for sonship today. Thank the Lord for the adoption. He didn't have to do it. He didn't have to come to my rescue. He didn't have to remove the clutches of hell that had its hold on me, but he did it. You know why? Because he saw I got a purpose for you to fulfill. I got something for you to walk into. The authority and the dominion I will give you if you will serve me with your whole heart. Come on, we're not just playing church. We are the church. And we serve a living God. He's alive and well today. And let me testify and say that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Yes. Yes. Amen. Y'all may be seated. Forgive me for... But I appreciate, I appreciate faithful men and women of God. Not just Pastor Dummett, but the whole family. I appreciate you being right in there in the trenches with your, with your folks. Praying with people, singing about the goodness of God, testifying, teaching people about the goodness of the Lord. Family. And it's not just... It's not just uh, the dummets now, but the dummets before. Thank you for your service. Thank you for your leadership. And I'm sure Brother Dummett would feel the same way about his family. And he wouldn't be here today if it weren't for them. And uh, I just I thank you for this tremendous opportunity to stand before you. Um, I don't know how it was just a 30-second deal. Uh, I was thinking, you know, some of these things, you know, you get like Jerry Jones to, you know, to come preach for you or, you know, bless with Brother Stone King or somebody to, to come and just. So I consider it an honor. And uh, you know what? It just occurred to me, since Costa Rica was a, a bunch of firsts for me, uh, today is my first uh, opportunity to, to preach a anniversary service. So, you guys. Uh, you guys are awesome. Awesome. Okay, let's get into the word of the Lord, shall we? Amen. Ezekiel chapter 33. Okay, you all stand around here. Okay, that's good, that's good. I'll just tell you like I, now I got I to gotta back up and, and take a pause for a minute because I got I to gotta shift my hats here. I'm so used to standing behind the pulpit and pastoring. So I got to shift my hat. This isn't my fold. 
You know, this isn't my, uh, you know, the, the body that the Lord has assigned me to. But uh, so I've got to shift the hat. And so please forgive me if that hat gets a little uh, uh, messy at times. Just know that I'm working through things. <laughs> oh, So this is what I tell them, everybody. Uh, we'll read a few script, scriptures and then I'll have you all be seated. Um, Again, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, speak to the children of thy people, and say unto them, When I bring the sword upon a land, if the people of that land take a man of their coast, and set him for their watchmen, if when he seeth the sword come upon the land, and blow the trumpet, and warn the people, then whosoever heareth the sound of the trumpet, and taketh not warning, if the sword come and take him away, his blood shall be upon his own head. He heard the sound of the uh, uh, of the trumpet, and uh, and took not warning, his blood shall be upon him. But he that taketh warning shall deliver his soul. Y'all may be seated. But if the watchmen see the sword come and blow not the trumpet. And the people be not warned if the sword come and take any person from among them. He is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at the watchman's hand. So thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore thou shalt hear the, uh, the word at my mouth and warn them from me. When I say unto the wicked, O wicked man, thou shalt surely die. If thou dost not speak to warn the wicked from his way, that wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at thine hand. Nevertheless, if thou warn the wicked of his way to turn from it, if he, do not, if he do not turn from his way, he shall die in his iniquity, but thou hast delivered thy soul. Therefore, O thou son of man, speak unto the house of Israel. Thus ye speak, saying, If our transgressions and our sins be upon us, and we pine away in them, how should we then live? Say unto them, As I live, saith the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn ye from your evil ways, for will ye die, O house of Israel? So I want to preach to you on this idea here. The weight of the watchman. The weight of the watchman. There, there's no doubt in my mind, that, that we are truly living in the last days. I know, I know, I know. We have heard this our whole life. But if, if we're not careful, we will miss the warnings. I'm sure Noah's message was ridiculed until the flood took place. Then it was too late. People have been declaring and proclaiming um, and even prophesying that the Lord is coming back any day. And I truly believe it. I don't know if there's any believers in the house that, that believe that we're running out of time. That it's coming to an end. 
But I'm looking for that city whose builder and maker is I'm looking for that city when he decides to crack the eastern sky. I'm going to be ready and waiting for his return. Does it get old hearing about the coming of the Lord? Or does it get old being warned about the coming of the Lord? Not to those who are preparing themselves for His return. Regardless of the time, regardless of the hour, if today is the day, if, if tomorrow's the day, or, or sometime in the near future next year, I just know I want to be ready when it happens. I don't want to waste any time. I don't want to waste any opportunity. God, if at the house of if the house of, if the doors at the house of God are open, I want to be there. I want to be plugged in at what you desire to do. the long suffering of God waited the Bible said while the ark was being prepared today the very same thing has taken place the long suffering of God is waiting as his bride is being prepared we're running out of time it's time for the apostolic church to be even more the apostolic church than any generation that has preceded us. It's time for us to step into the role that God intended for the last end, for the end time revival, the saints that are a part of it. You are right here right now for a reason. You have a purpose, but for your purpose to be fulfilled, you have to submit to your pastor. Oh, not the S word. Not submission. It gets us a little nervous, a little scared about what may happen. But what if I don't like what he says? What if I don't like it at all? Listen, it's okay. I'm used to preaching in a library. I know how it is. You know, a pastor's not always uh, the most popular guy in the room. But he's the one that you got to submit to if you want to make it. There are people out there that are anointed to fulfill a purpose. God will never be able to use them because they fail to submit to a man of God in their life. He's a God of order. And if you step out of order, you got to repent and get back in line. There's no other way to do it. God has an order. It's going to take the fivefold ministry, and your pastor is part of that. In fact, your pastor will probably wear multiple hats in that. He's the only one who God put in your life. And guess what? His family is part of that ministry as well. So you, you, have, to, you have to treat them with just as much respect as you do your pastor. Love them. Support them. Lift them up. Encourage them. Because God's hand is on their life. 
I'm thankful for my pastor. I'm thankful for those who watch. The shepherds who are keeping their eyes on the sheep. God said that we are the sheep of His pasture. And it is His will to put a pastor, a shepherd, a watchman over His people to lead them. Let's look at Jeremiah 3 and 15. And I will give you pastors according to mine heart which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. God has given this church a pastor after His heart. Chasing the heart of God. Chasing the will of God. Because as long as you're a watchman, as long as you're a pastor, a leader of an assembly, there's some weight that's right on your shoulders that I've got to find out what the vein of the Lord is today. What He desires to do right now in the midst of His people. You ought to be thankful for that. Thankful that a pastor prays for direction, prays for wisdom, prays prays, uh, to, to say the right things, to speak the right things, to give you the right encouragement, and to give you the right correction when it needs to take place. Don't resist or refuse the correction. Listen, the Lord chastened him he loved. Just like the same uh, that a... That a uh, Mom or dad would do when they correct their little ones because they don't want them running off into danger. And so sometimes you got, you, you got to correct them. Sometimes you got to rebuke them. And then you got to encourage them. There's, there's, a, there's a balance. We live in a day where people are calling good evil and evil good. The lens of separation of a holy lifestyle... Uh, or, or the lines of separation of a holy lifestyle are being erased in this country. But you are a part of a church that maintains those lines of separation. You ought to be thankful that there hasn't been any compromise in this church. Come on, there's churches that are folding and walking away from truth. They're walking away from holiness, but you got a man of God that said, Be ye holy, because I am holy. Separate yourself from the things of the world. It is still the will of God for His people to live holy. It's still the will of God for people to be born of the water and the Spirit. It's absolutely necessary. You can't even see or enter the kingdom of God unless you've been born of water and Spirit. It's still the will of God to be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over it over the fish of the sea over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth it is the will of God for His people to walk in absolute dominion and authority ah y'all ain't with me yet (laughs) come on we need a holy boldness in the hour that we're living in why? because we're facing bold demons and you gotta be full of the holy demons all we have to do is rebuke them If we're submitted to the will of God and His purpose, all we got to do is resist. You stand and fight against Him. 
The apostles, when they faced persecution, they didn't pray. When they faced the trouble that they were in, they didn't pray that it would all go away. God, deliver me out of it. No, they prayed for a boldness. Come on, that ought to be our prayer right now. Uh, oh, when it starts looking, uh, when it starts looking a little upside down, when things start getting a little crazy, God, give me a boldness to face the enemy that's coming against me because I know that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And I'm not going to back up. I'm not going to give up. Seriously, there are preachers who are just good encouragers. You can go anywhere, probably in this city. Maybe you can go just five minutes up the road and hear a good encouraging sermon that you might fall asleep through. And don't get me wrong. Encouragement is part of it. Encouragement is very much a part of it because we all go through things. We're fragile. God knows that we're fragile. And that's why encouragement is a part of it because we've got to encourage one another. You're going to make it. You're going to get through. You're going to live. God is going to bless you. God is going to open the doors for you. That's what we ought to be speaking because we all operate or should be operating in the ministry of reconciliation. That's what He give us. I speak restoration right now to the drug addict. <laughs> Come on to the prostitute. I speak restoration. I speak against hell's grasp on their life. I come against it by the authority of the Word of God and by the power of the name of Jesus. Apostolic dominion and authority must be demonstrated in the last day that we're living in. Good encouragers, motivational speakers who are yoked together with the enemy to blur the lines that God clearly defines. That's the world that we're living in. So-called men of God, when faced with the question, is it sin for this to happen? And they dance around it. Because they're on national TV and they're afraid of the persecution of what may come if they say that it's wrong. Well, heard even one joker say, we got to get to know the person. God's no respecter of person. The minute we took our first breath, we were in need of redemption. And until you get redeemed, you're in need of redemption, no matter where you are. Lord, help me. We don't need motivational speakers who are eloquent in their speech. When Moses left Pharaoh's house and ended up on the backside of nowhere, he lost his eloquence. Because the wilderness will cause you to lose your eloquence. <laughs> and then God revealed Himself and sent Him back to Egypt to recover His people from bondage of sin. God sent Him with power, not eloquence. He sent him as a vessel to be used to, for the demonstration of his power, not so he can be uh, so well known because of his eloquent speech. Right. 
1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1. Paul said this, And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but what? Of the Spirit and power. Come on, if you... If you see these TV evangelists, they've got the eloquence, but they don't have the demonstration of the Spirit and of power because that's left for the blood-bought, born-again men and women of God. First Corinthians 2 and 4. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words. We already read that one, didn't we? Let's back up and do... Do we read verse 1? Sorry, I think I got my order mixed up here. 2 Corinthians 2 and 1. You know what? We'll just... But I determined this with myself that I would not come again to you. No, that's not it. Sorry. We'll move on. What what good is enticing words of man's wisdom if there's no power? Trendy pastors and uh, Twitterisms and, and speaking abilities appeal to the sinful man, but a pastor who preaches with power and demonstration and authority by the Word of God will lead to people being separated from their sins. If the words that I speak are, uh, uh, do not make those who are in sin want to get out, I'm no watchman. We've got to preach until people want to be separated from their sinful lifestyle. We've got to preach until there's people at the altars broken for their sins. Broken because they've made a lot of bad choices and a lot of bad decisions. And they come to the throne to obtain mercy in the time of need. And say, I need restoration. God, speak to my heart. Your pastor, God appointed, has a mandate to be biblically correct and not politically correct. So if he says something that you do not agree with, guess what? Like Brother Hendricks said, submission begins where agreement ends. I love that. Oh, that's good stuff. If I'm commanded to tell the wicked that they will die if they continue in their way, their blood is on me. My decision. What I choose to do in that moment. But if I preach it like I hear it, it's now up to the one listening. Thank the Lord that He made a way for it. For the man of God that's bold enough to speak it, to proclaim it, to declare it. That as long as they do it, their hands are free from, from, from the blood. Because now it's up to you, whoever's listening. If He said it's sin, it's sin. 
If he said you've got to repent, you've got to repent. The Lord is coming back soon. And America is in need of revival. If there's ever been a time for the Holy Ghost boldness, now is that time. There are trumpeting voices in America who are afraid to call sin, sin in the fear of self-preservation. These people have replaced, listen closely here, these people have replaced the holy presence of God with some kind of kundalini spiritual awakening. If you all aren't familiar with that, that's kind of like, uh, you can do a little bit of research on it, but uh, it happens a lot with people who practice yoga, who are real into uh, the Hindu part of, of yoga. And, and there are churches that, that are working themselves into a frenzy and having a spiritual wake, but it's not the Spirit of God at work. Try the spirits, whether they be of God. That's what we, we've got to have. The, we've got to have the, uh, the discernment uh, to be able to understand what it is that we're facing and what we're looking at. Not everybody that says they're of God are of God. Not everybody says that they know the truth, really know the truth. You've got to try the spirit behind the voice and find out whether or not it's of a God. That's why you can't just let anybody speak into your life. You don't know what they're practicing. You don't know what they're doing. Oh, I just listened to a few tunes. Here I go, I'm switching hats now. Forgive me. Maybe I should move on. It does matter what you watch, what you listen to, what you open yourself up to. The enemy will sneak in any way he can. He's not going to barge in. He's not going to kick the door down. He's going to slither his way into and he's going to sink his roots. Next thing you know, ah, I'm not going to go to Tuesday night prayer. I'm not going to go to midweek service. I'm tired. I got a headache. Come on, we all got pains. We all got things that we struggle with. Ah, but if I miss one service, What's God going to be doing in that service? I want to be right in the middle of what God's doing. Hey, what if so-and-so gets the Holy Ghost that night and I miss it? I, I stayed at home and I got all, all bit out of shape because I had a headache or I was discouraged or depressed. Uh, and the person that you was praying for got the Holy Ghost that night and they shouted all over the church and you was at home on the mully grubs. If it's optional, most likely you won't come. Don't get me wrong. Listen. Anytime you, every time you come to the house, it's, you're not always going to be excited about doing it. Oh, I think. Then I, then I remember Hannah, who was, had bitterness that was trying to creep into her spirit. And she was discouraged. Maybe felt a little depression because her adversary had been provoking her. Talking about her barrenness. But you know what she did? 
She said, I got to get to the sanctuary and talk to the Lord. And you know what happened? By the time she got to the sanctuary, she had an, she had an encounter with Almighty God. But that time she left that, uh, by the time she left that moment, her countenance was different. And when she came home, her appetite was back. There's a difference uh, that God can make in one moment if we can get to the house of God. It doesn't matter how you get there. Just get there. God will meet you. We got to be on the lookout. If sin separates us from the presence of God and what those are selling keeps us outside of His presence, they are selling self-preservation. Galatians 5 and 24. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and the lust. The word that needs to be proclaimed and preached from the pulpit is you've got to crucify the flesh. You cannot entertain the flesh. You cannot mess with the flesh. you got to crucify it. And when it tries to get back up off of that cross, you say, not today, Satan. I'm going to nail it down again because I choose to follow the voice of the Lord. I choose to be led by the Spirit of God. You ought to praise the Lord that you have a pastor that is not uh, uh, not afraid to preach the truth. Thank you, brother, for preaching the truth. Thank you for standing behind this pulpit and delivering the Word of God. Even if it hurts my feelings, even if you step on my toes, I will submit to it. Just a few more minutes and I'll come to a close here. But there are some things that I felt direction from the Lord. I'll tell you what. I, in the last few weeks, I have felt a boldness in the Spirit that I've never had before. And I just let it come out. So I'm going to apologize. Brother, if you need to step up here at any point and take over. I tell you, there's a zeal in my spirit right now. When you've been on the other side of the train tracks, when you've been addicted to drugs, when you walked in darkness and He takes you and He pulls you into His light. And you said, I gave everything I did to the world. I gave all I had to the enemy. I lived everything. I lived to my full potential for Satan. And you know what? I'm going to reverse that. I'm going to live to my full potential for God, for the kingdom that matters. And I'm going to speak life. I'm going to speak restoration. I'm going to speak healing. I'm going to walk in the authority of the Word of God. Oh, I tell you what, when you when everybody was worshiping, we were singing to the Lord. I felt I felt this surge of a spirit. I felt the authority rise. You know when you you know you're in a good place when you come and you feel the authority of God. 
So we submit to our pastors because he submitted to the, to the will and the purpose of God. And in that, in that perfect alignment, God can pour out His Spirit. God can pour out miracles, signs, and wonders. But until we come into the unity, until we're fighting to keep the spirit of, of unity and the bond of peace, Lift your pastor up and family in prayer. Stand behind them because you don't understand the weight that is on their shoulders. The visions and the dreams and the burdens that he places on the ministry. There's a weight. There's a weight to carry in the call of God. I made the mistake when I, when I felt the call and I approached it in an immature way and, and I lost out because of it. You know why? Because I, I, thought that, I thought that the call to preach was the call to stand behind a pulpit and just preach nice handcrafted sermons with easy, uh, uh, easy kind of uh, vibe and a, and a lingo that fits right in with a relevant culture. But that's not it at all. There's a weight behind the pulpit. There's a weight to the the call that you got to be willing to be selfless in a selfish world and you got to be willing to pour out when you don't have anything to pour out. Submit yourself to His authority. Why? Because He will be accountable for what He preaches but you will also be accountable to what he preaches. He is not only instructing, encouraging, rebuking, but he is investing. And this is where I, this is where I want us to come to. It's not all about just, just preaching the word of God. It's an investment. It's an investment, an eternal investment into humanity. And all that matters is the soul that says, yes, Lord. I will follow you. Yes, Lord, I will receive your instruction. Yes, Lord, I will receive your rebuke and I will come into alignment with it. I wouldn't be here today without my pastor. Brother McGraw, my pastor. When I came back to the Lord... I was just hungry. You know, when, when the prodigal woke up in the pig pen, he was hungry. He just didn't know what he was hungry for. But then, it came to himself. Oh, what I'm hungry for is in the Father's house. And so when he got back there, I, I'm not even worthy to be a servant. <laughs> you can almost get this, get this picture of him. When you've been in the pig pen... You got to crawl out because you're at the bottom. You're at the lowest point in your life. And so you crawl out of the pig pen and you make your way back to the Father's house and He runs to you and embraces you and said, I've been waiting for this moment. We've been praying for you. We've been looking for you. We've been searching. 
and now you're home. And I made my way to the altar week after week, month after month, year after year. I met my wife, my beautiful wife and my beautiful children uh, because I come to the Lord and I said, I surrender. I'm tired of running. I'm tired of the miserable mess I've, I've made myself. And you know what my pastor did? He gave me space and grace to grow. And I wouldn't be here today if it had not been for him. And that's what your pastor, that's the value of your pastor, is that he's investing into your life, even when it doesn't sound like it. Because the watchman sees the trouble that's coming down the pipe. The watchman notices and says, listen, trouble's coming. It's time to get in the prayer room. Maybe let's call a fast and let's all come together. Come on, there's some things coming down the way that we've got to be ready to face when it gets here. And I believe the warning is going all across, all across North America. We're living in a day when you, when you can't even say the name of Jesus in public without getting a raised eyebrow or some kind of attitude. It's coming, people. But, I, but let me tell you what. Like I said earlier, where there's persecution, there'll be revival. It, it's not going to affect the church. The church will always be triumphant. Ah, it's, it's preordained. It's destined for victory. You stay in the church and you will be destined for victory. But you got to stay in the church. When you obey them who have the rule over you, you will walk in their anointing. <laughs> Let me say that again. When you submit yourself to your pastor, you will walk in that anointing. I'll prove it to you. I've got some doubt out there. Let's look at Deuteronomy 34 and 9. And Joshua the son of Nun was full of the spirit of wisdom, for Moses had laid his hands upon him, and the children of Israel hearkened unto him and did as the Lord commanded Moses. There is, there is power when the man of God lays his hand. You can continue with the mission at hand through his anointing, through his call. You can operate in that anointing under the submission of your pastor. We'll look at a couple more things and then, and then I'll close. Paul, pastor, preacher, teacher, apostle, evangelist, wrote letters of instruction with encouragement and warning. Let's look at 1 Timothy 4 and 16. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Uh, unto the doctrine continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. Uh, chapter 6. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 3 through 8. If any man teach otherwise and consent not to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which is according to godliness, he is proud, 
knowing nothing but doting about questions and strifes of words whereof cometh envy, strife, railings, evil uh, surmisings perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth, supposing that gain is godliness. Ah, that's a common theme today, right? Gain is godliness. From such withdraw thyself. You remove yourself from that environment, from them words that say that prosperity is the gospel. No, I've got to be willing to lose it all if I'm going to gain eternal life. I've got to be willing to deny myself, take up my cross, and follow hard after Jesus. From such withdrawal. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us be therewith content. Second Timothy 1 and 6. And this is, uh, I'm really coming to a close here. Musicians, if you'll. Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hand. Who's this? This is, this is Paul writing. There's a gift that is flowing from your pastor's hands into your life that he's investing into your life. But you have to, you have to be careful to maintain it and to stir it up. You stir up the gift. He's just passing it on to you. <laughs> Woo! Your pastor is investing in your life. The hand of God is on you through the pastor. Your pastor, like Paul, will give you encouragement for sure. He will give you instruction for sure. He will give you warning for sure. He will give you correction for sure. In all this, His hand is on your life. Your ministry. And there's nothing more that He wants than this. Galatians 4.19, the last scripture. My, child, my little children, of whom I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in you. There's a travail from the pasture for Christ to be formed in the saints. There's nothing more. You talk about prosperity. You talk about success. What a pastor views as success is when a saint comes to themselves and realizes, I've been fighting the will of God. I've been fighting His purpose all along. But now I know that my pastor is for me. Now that I know that He's invested into my life. Because there is an eternal purpose for my existence. Let's all stand. I felt direction from the Lord the last couple days, and this is how I want to close. God is calling you into the ministry. I want you to come forward. Don't hesitate. Make your election and calling sure. Step out. God's calling you into the ministry. Now this is exactly what I thought was going to happen. 
This is what I've seen. There is a calling for a pastor, an evangelist, a preacher, you know, somebody to preach the Word of God. But this is what I felt in the Spirit. We are all called to minister. You are called to do something. In fact, we've been given the ministry of reconciliation. A very vital ministry is the voice that will restore. The voice that will say, you're going to get through this. Now, with that being said, you may not feel the call to preach. You may not feel the call to teach a class. But if you feel the call to, to the ministry of reconciliation, you feel the call to, to tell the world about Jesus and let Him use you, now would you come forward? I want you to look around at your brothers and sisters. These are the people that feel the same thing that you feel. You feel the Lord is trying to lead you into deeper waters. He's trying to lead you into a deeper place in your walk with the Lord. He's trying to reveal to you your purpose. And let me tell you, there is nothing more than knowing your purpose. It's knowing why I'm here and why I have a voice. And why I've got a place in life. And why I've got a place in the body of Christ. Your pastor is investing in your ministry. Whatever that may be. You submit yourself to Him. His family. Treat them Lift them up. Treat them with respect. Lift them up. Love them. I know that you guys do this. But I, I feel the need to say it anyways. Pray for them. Because He's going to be giving you direction. He's going to be giving you direction and instruction to walk in that calling. To walk in that ministry. And all you have to do like I did is wait. Show up, fulfill your lot, pray, seek the Lord. God will open the doors. You do not have to lift your hand. You do not have to uh, 
make up business cards and go out and promote yourself. All you got to do is listen to the man of God as he teaches and preaches and you submit to it and you come to the altar and you and you find yourself at a place of surrender and say, God, I, I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to wait until you open the door, until you un- unlock it, until you release me to do what you have called me to do. Until then, you've got to be willing to be prepared. You've got to be willing to go through the fire. You've got to be willing to take the challenges and the instruction and make an application in your life. And you will see the growth. And when you grow, God is going to use you and do things in your life that you would never dream. You know why? Because that's the God that we serve. And He has placed a man to stand here and say, You are going to fulfill that call. Come on, why don't you lift your hands right now? You've got it in your mind and your heart right now of what you feel the Lord is calling. Why don't you surrender and say, yes, God. I surrender. I surrender. I submit my way to my pastor. And I will listen. And I will obey his instruction, God, as he leads me and guides me. I will walk behind him. Come on, somebody. Why don't you cry out right now? Give myself away so you can use me. He's called you for a reason. Give myself away. Give myself away. So you can use me. Come on, that's it. If you if you're near somebody uh, uh, that you that you, that you're connected with, why don't you lay your hand on them? Why don't you pray for them? Why don't you speak into their life? We ought to get used to speaking over your brother and your sister. Speak into their life. Speak deliverance into their life. Speak direction into their life. Speak healing into their body, into their mind, into their spirit. Speak a breakthrough in their life. In the name of Jesus. Give myself away. Oh, yes, Jesus. Give myself away. So you. Do you truly give yourself away right now? Are you truly willing to deny yourself? Oh, Lord, I give myself away so you can use me. Lord, my life is not my own. To you I belong. I give myself, I give myself to you. Give myself 
So you 